0: Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. week, Um, got to have a date night. Steve and I enjoyed a night out to the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company. And they do a great job of interpreting Shakespeare. And they'll do a good job because like, you know, you read the old English and I don't know, my brain doesn't always get it. But when they interpret it on stage and they're doing the actions, I'm like, oh, that's what he meant. Okay, I got it now. But if you've never been to the theater here in town they have a residential cast which means the same people are in it, are in all the plays and they'll get some new cast members but they stick around so if you find somebody you like then when they do another show you get to know the people and you're like oh yeah i've seen that person before that person was in hamlet and now they're doing something else so they also do free shakespeare in the park all summer long so look up their schedule and when it's up here at eden park we're gonna let everybody know so we've tried to go in the past when the weather's good now, this play, The Comedy of Errors, I really didn't have a lot of knowledge about before going into it. It wasn't one of the plays I studied. I was th- The last one I went to was Hamlet, so this was nice to, like, refresh. Less death going on in this play, and that was kind of nice. So here's a summary. We have two sets of twins who were separated at birth. So the, when they were born, there was a dad, there was a mom, and they were each holding a baby son. And they also adopted another set of twins to be their son's servants. Okay, Shakespeare. That's a little weird. Okay, mom had one son with her. So one of the guys in the maroon vest in the photo, that's one of the sons the mom had. And then she also held a servant baby. So one of the guys in the blue vest, those are the servant guys, okay? Now a shipwreck occurred. Each parent ended up being rescued with the babies they were holding by a different ship, sent off to different lands. And so the kids grew up not knowing each other. Fun fact they were actually named the same thing. Don't know if mom and dad were just like, hey, we like these names. So we're each going to name our kid Antiphilus. And the servants were named Dromeo. So 25 years later, Antiphilus and Dromeo, who lived in Syracuse, decides, let's go find our long lost family that we just found out about. And There's mistaken identity because they're identical twins. Hilarity ensues. Okay, you get the picture. Now, everyone in Ephesus gets mixed up, everyone else. So we have one Antiphilus owes a guy money. And so, of course, the guy who he owes the money to goes after the wrong Antiphilus. One Dromio is told to do something as a servant is commanded to do. And the other one gets in trouble because he didn't live up to what he didn't know he was supposed to do. And finally, one antiphilus has a wife, and she mistakens the wrong twin. Now I'm like, Shakespeare, come on. Really? The wife is not going to understand her own husband. So anyway, it's a lot of fun. It was a good cast. And I actually used on the set, if you want to flip to the last photo, you can see this is just my iPhone photo. But I wanted to show you all the signs. They're from the American Sign Museum, which is another local thing to see around here i've never gone steve actually got to do a wedding ceremony there at the sign museum so all these are old signs from around the country that they used on set now i bring this up not to just promote go to the local theater which i do promote but i bring this up because today's topic there's some mistaken identity here we've got someone who is several someones who are so set on their expectation that they kind of don't fully see the reality in front of their eyes, just like this play going on. Sometimes that happens. When things don't happen as we expect, we have kind of, like, forget to look at what's really standing in front of us. Guess what? Even though last week, Jesus died, rose, went back to heaven, we're not done with Luke yet. I know, you thought we were done. We're not. fine. We have a few more weeks left. Actually, this segment of our Journey of the Redeemed, it's an interesting name. Leaping of Deer, Haunting of Jackals. Now, let me tell you. So, I kept saying, this was the last one I picked of all the ones. These all come from Isaiah 35. And we picked all these different phrases. And Dylan just gave me a look when I picked this one. I was like, "I, I got, okay, this makes sense, right? Okay. So... We're currently going back, and we're going to hit some of the passages that we skipped over. And these are all people, people Jesus interacted with. Now, some of them were seeking healing, so leaping of deer, right? That feels very healing and life-giving. But some of the people he interacted with had nefarious purposes for why they wanted to deal with Jesus. So that's why we have the haunting of jackals. All right, feeling it? Feeling it? Okay, all right. Try to try to see what I'm seeing. <laughs> try to go with me here. So today we're in Luke 24, again, We have found a section of verses that we didn't talk about last week on Easter. And this section is actually going to happen between the two pieces that we talked about last week. So when Jesus rose from the dead and the women go to the empty tomb and talk to the angels, then there's this section that happens. And then afterward was when Jesus showed up in the house, ate the fish. Remember all that. Okay, so this is going to be what happened in between. He interacts with a couple of people. Verses 13 through 16, I'll begin to read. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. So we've got Jesus's arrest, right? His crucifixion, just all the chaos. That's, that's everything here. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up, walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, kept from recognizing, this is a key phrase here. So is God doing this on purpose? Did Jesus want to just like observe and kind of see how they were grappling with things first? You know, why did he remain hidden? We're not really sure. He could also have been, I mean, maybe maybe he just knew it was going to take a little bit, right? We talked last week. The comprehension doesn't happen all at once, that it takes step by step. And maybe Jesus was like, okay, these these friends are going to need a minute. So I'm going to just show up gently not freak them out, not about ghosts and fish here. So he just walks along, just steps to their pace. And I I just love this because think about the very beginning of time when God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. And it says he walked with them. Like this has always been God's plan for humanity to walk with us and live alongside us. And Jesus here, He's living this out. Now, this also is our metaphor journey, the journey of the redeemed. And here, these two are journeying with him. And let's, let's find out when they talk. Jesus asked them, verse 17, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know what the things that have happened here in these days? what things jesus asked so we we can feel the grief here right the the words being used about downcast and they just stopped like they just couldn't even walk any further like they were holding some heavy grief but jesus is a wonderful counselor and what does he do he knows what happened but he wants to let them process so he just asks and he lets them pour it all out so Cleopas it says and then another person we never get to know their name some people think it might have been Cleopas's spouse it could have been just another follower of Jesus alongside mystery person we don't know so verse 19 continues about Jesus of Nazareth they replied he was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death they crucified him but we had hoped He was the one who was going to redeem Israel. So we first see in their grief, we also have dashed hopes. Like that was a piece of their mourning right now was that they had hopes, they had expectations, and those fell apart. We've talked many times. We talked again last week that recall when people were calling Jesus Messiah and King, and this is what they have labeled him, And what they expected was redemption in a very physical sense. Like, we're living here in Israel as the Jewish people of God, and yet Rome is in charge of us. So they fully expected Jesus to do something about this. Something, anything at all. So when Jesus died on a Roman cross with Roman guards, it was just, that was the end. That was the end of their hopes. They didn't realize that while they were wanting Jesus to rescue Israel from suffering, Jesus, he was going to redeem them through suffering. He was going to take on the biggest burden himself. But maybe, the, maybe their grief went on pers- beyond just personal, right? If this happened, they might have questioned God himself. Like, maybe does God not see us anymore? Does he not consider us his people? Our people have been punished in the past. What's going on? So everyone's interpreting Jesus' death. So he tries to continue here. He's still, they're still talking. What is more, Cleopas and his friend says, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said but they did not see Jesus. So here they have testimony from their own friends. The women who talked to angels. Peter had run to the tomb, we'll remember, found it empty. But they just couldn't grasp it. You know, we talked about last week, did just what you see, what you expect. You expect Jesus to be dead, and if his body's not there, then their brains went to the next logical conclusion. In other books of the Bible, some people feared that that his body was stolen. If Shakespeare had written it, he would have had a twin brother, but that's not the case here. I love that Cleopas just ended with a description that said, but they did not see Jesus. And they're standing right there, and he's right here, but they didn't quite see him. So Jesus finally speaks. Verse 25. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, the word that we see here that's like slow to believe, it could also mean reluctant. So maybe in their confusion, it wasn't just grief, but it was like, we've heard these prophecies for years. It's hard to like really believe you know like if they haven't happened so far it's hard to really take a promise that someone gives you when it doesn't happen and it hasn't happened and it hasn't happened it's hard to trust it anymore and maybe you've had that feeling in your own life maybe you've had expectations for other people and we know people don't live up to our expectations that's that's difficult so here, this didn't happen as they expected. And so they couldn't wrap their brains around it. And maybe they were just hesitant to trust. So Jesus, just like last week we talked about, and he, he worked through the scriptures bite by bite over that meal of fish. Here he's just like, look, look, let's revisit all the things that you've been reading. So everything that we have in our, what we call our Old Testament, this is the scriptures that they had. That's the law and the prophet's the law of Moses that he's talking about here, that's all those scriptures. And he just like went through it with them, like at their pace, trying to show them what it meant. I was really struck by N.T. Wright. He always just puts things so nicely that helps my brain comprehend. So I want to read you a quote here. And he said, for him, this passage in Luke, it forms one of the most powerful encouragements to pray for the Lord's presence and sense of guidance whenever we study the Bible. So whether we're doing that individually, in pairs, or in a group like church, we need to be prepared for Jesus to rebuke our foolish and faithless readings and to listen for his fresh interpretation. Only with him at our side will our hearts burn within us and lead us to the point where we see him face to face. That's why we're just going through the book of Luke together, and we're not rushing it. We're trying to just be thorough because... I don't know i just feel like a lot of people interpret jesus right now a lot of people expect him to be doing something and i just i just want us to all look again like what did he really say what did he really do we got to figure that out and and every week i just pray that we do see not a distorted picture or not what we expect to see but we go with open minds and i just pray that god shows us what his life meant, what Jesus' life means right now for us here, Echo Church, 2022. In fact, we read this scripture last year at this time, right after Easter. I don't know if you remember. I was like, I'll just pull out the old sermon and do that one. And I don't have to do a lot of work this week. But the more I was reading, I was like, no, there's a new, there's just a new perspective all the time. And even last year, looking at this scripture, this year just there's just new perspective god's word is living and active and so just it's good for us to go back and say jesus read this with us because what you mean today is just continuing with new life so let's keep reading verses 28 through 35 we'll finish out this portion As they approached the village to where they were going, so Cleopas, friend, and Jesus are all walking along, Jesus was going to keep going. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us. It is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, those with them assembled together and said, It is true, the Lord has risen, has appeared to Simon, and the two told what happened on the way. How Jesus was recognized them by when he broke the bread. So we've talked before in our study of Luke, this hospitality it was a cultural value. So you're walking along. and It doesn't matter if you have a stranger with you or not. You invite them in. What does Jesus always do when he's asked for a meal? He says, yes, he eats the meal with them. But I, I also think it's funny too. We're like, hey, you want to come in and eat with us? And he's like, all right, give me the bread. And he, like, he takes over the hosting duties. But this is that, that reflection again. Taking the bread and breaking it and serving it. Just as he did at the very last supper he ate before his death. And that is the moment their eyes are opened. Not when he's teaching them. Not when he's just walking with them. But when he breaks the bread. Their eyes are open. Maybe there was something there. There was something that reminded them of the Jesus they spent time with. And I just love this. Because we've got, we've got two pieces to this story. We've got Jesus walking along. Meeting their pace. And we've got Jesus like opening their minds at the pace they could handle. See why this reminded me of the comedy of errors, right? You just think it's like a comedy here, people not understanding who was present with them at the right time. Humorous and serious. Sometimes the expectations we have just get in the way of seeing what's in front of us. And, And having expectation is not bad, like I said, we can get disappointed when we expect something and then it doesn't happen. But it, it just happens subconsciously, don't you think? I mean, you get ready and you might expect what is going to happen in your day. And It never turns out exactly as planned. You know, but before you go into a big experience, you might, you might have expectations and that's a way of just practicing what's ahead. Like if you're going to get married, you're going to have a baby, you're going to start a new job, you're going to move to a new city. Before you do a new adventure, you want to like plan. You want to prepare. You want to, you have expectations and that's kind of like practicing. And it's almost like a defense. Like if I practice it ahead of time, then it won't be as bad when it actually happens. Or you show up in a new job and you don't want to look totally naive. So you're trying to study before you start. Or you just go into a situation and you you want to feel less anxious. So you prepare. But anytime you prepare, then then you have an expectation. It's not always going to happen that way. So last week, what Dylan did not expect on Easter morning was that when he showed up at the church, bright and early, first one here, he was locked out. (laughs) Good times. So somehow, someone in the other part of the building our landlords have been trying to work on our building here they're fixing up our amazing stained glass windows that we get to see their windows we get to take part in them they had somehow been in the building and they bolted all the doors and went that way through the building back to their section well our key on the outside just as a magnet does no bolting capabilities so dylan's standing outside on easter morning unexpectedly not getting in that's just the kind of things that happen in life right Thankfully, our landlord was able to figure this out remotely and Dylan got in another door of the building. But it was just like, okay, anytime you prepare for something big, I was like, okay, fire number one is down. Look for fire number two, right? So all of this, that's what happens. Sometimes we just have to go into a situation and say, where can we pivot quickly? But we all know there's bigger things in life, unexpected, pain sickness those we can't bounce back from as easily yet we serve a god who takes even the broken even the painful and redeems it romans 8 28 is a verse that a lot of times we hear but let's look at it afresh one of jesus's followers years after jesus lived on earth just reminded us and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that God makes everything good, always, never broken. Nothing's ever wrong with people who love him. And and there's some people who've interpreted that way. That's not right. Things happen all the time. We're broken people. We live in a broken world. All kinds of things happen, but But he does promise to redeem those things, to bring good despite. To take the pieces that are there and mend them into something new. That's that new life. I mean, Jesus' death, obviously not a good thing. Cleopas and friend were mourning. They watched suffering happen on the cross. And Jesus was like, look. Yes, that was bad. Resurrection redeems that, brings the full circle. When the unexpected occurs, we can trust that Jesus can redeem it. So how do we live as the redeemed people of Jesus? Today, let's just remember to look beyond our expectations. If we can, it's hard. It's like a habit to try to get ourselves ingrained in. But how does this, let's talk about how does this practically look like on a day-to-day basis. Well, as I said, if you got a big event coming, just know it's not going to be exactly as you expect. And I'm sure you figured that out by now. Just know something's going to happen that's different than what you planned. It's okay just breathe in and out and just, just think it'll be a great story later. That time you had a flat tire and your friend helped you out, it's going to be the thing you talk about. The way that bonds you in a way nothing else has. Ask God to help you approach special days with with an open perspective. When something bigger happens, you got a hope and you got a dream and you got a plan, and then it doesn't. You don't get the job you wanted, or you don't get into the college that you applied for. What do we do? We internalize immediately. I wasn't good enough. I didn't have the skills. I'm just not worthy of God allowing that to happen. Don't. Please don't. Our journey is not always as we planned. And it's other people's decisions that can happen to us. It's not our value. It doesn't give our worth any say. And and we might find that even though our course was a little different, that some unexpected blessings came because of it. So just... Ask God, say, like, I'm going to be disappointed for a while, and that's fine. But as you process that, just look for the hope in what is actually now in front of you. When even bigger unexpected things happen and there's no returning, death, separation, just relationships that end. Now what? Just grieve at your own pace. People are going to put expectations on you and how you should heal and grieve. And it's okay. You take your time. But recognize that you're valued. And recognize that Jesus might show up unexpectedly. So as you're healing, look around and see where he is. Through people, through that little bit of joy that came in the turmoil. Just look for him. And then finally, when the good unexpected comes your way, you get, a, you get recognition you didn't seek out. Maybe you get a promotion. Maybe just someone comes in your life and loves you and adores you. Just take it in. Humility is good, but it's also okay to be like, hey, God made me. I'm valued, I'm loved, and he's showing love, and I'm going to receive it. Receive that love from God. Treasure the unexpected good things. There's a last expectation, and that can be hard. It may be hard for me sometimes. When you pray, expect God to answer. Now, I do, I always, I always take it as like, I know God's capable of answering, but will God answer in the way that I want? We read that Jesus prayed before his death, like, God I'd like this to not happen, but your will be done. But he still asked. That gives me permission. That right there gives me permission to be like, okay, you can go and be honest. And just expect God to answer. Expect it. So life doesn't turn out as we planned. Hopefully in good ways as well as bad. But let's just remember that Jesus is present with us. Maybe it feels like a disguise. Maybe it feels like the comedy where you've got mixed identities happening. But, but look around. He's here. He's active. He's in our lives. And he's redeeming even the unexpected in our journey. Let's pray. God, thank you for redeeming what's broken Thank you for helping us deal with the disappointment in our expectations when they don't get met. But we thank you for the surprises you've brought our way that we weren't expecting either, the good ones. And help us to take in each day and what comes before us and breathe deeply and know that you're with us to help us navigate it, the good and the bad. Help us to be willing to adapt and see what's next, what good can come Thank you, Lord, for being present on earth, for walking with people, for walking with us through your spirit today. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.